welcome again to Ending the Drought, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. My name is Jason Webster, and I am here with your hosts, Jake Cranston and Jeff Webster. Uh, we're here to talk about all things Buffalo Bills and uh, looking forward to the season coming up. And uh, I guess I'll turn it over to them right now. Thanks a lot, man. What's going on, Jeff? Not too much. How about you? Hey, we got a lot of good stuff to talk about today. I really do. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening to the first couple podcasts. But uh, we're going to touch on a couple uh, cool things today. We got some training camp to go over. Yep. Uh, we're going to go over some uh, Bills roster predictions. Um, we're also going to do some fantasy football. And then we're going to end it with uh, AFC East, what we what we like about the division and, and what we're going to you know, predict uh, that's going to happen. So. Uh, I guess we'll start off with uh, some training camp, Jeff. Uh, what's your what's your thoughts so far on what are we in now? About yeah. uh, eight eight days of camp now. Yeah, I think that's about where we're at. Yeah, I I don't know how you can't be excited. You know, I mean, I know it's a lot of media, local media that's covering the Bills, but the reports have been pretty pretty consistently good. Uh, rookies making an impact, you know, which is what you always hope for, right? When you draft guys, you're hoping they can come in and make immediate. Uh, impacts and uh, it sounds like they are yeah i mean it sounds like they're really making a uh, making a statement so yeah yeah absolutely very positive news yeah and some of the things that i uh i'm starting to like with training camp stefan Diggs again i gotta talk about him uh he is looking ridiculously good man um as he should yeah yeah he had some uh, he had a big play when josh uh, ended up missing practice unfortunately but Diggs had a a, a big Big day there, catching a couple of TD passes from Barkley. So, what do you think? What do you think about Diggs? Like I said, I mean, they're not going to find a better defense to compete against than the, the ones right on their own squad, right? I mean, as far as uh, especially pass defense, these guys got it going on. So, if you can beat these guys, you're going to compete on a on a week to week basis in this league. There's no doubt. Yeah, yeah, and um, we have a player that we both have loved since last year. <laughs> Big Duke Williams, man. Yep. He continues to make big catches in traffic. The guy, what are they calling him? What's his uh, What's his nickname here? Oh, yeah, yeah. Big oh, Catch shit. Duke or something. Right, right, something like that, yeah. yeah. But, hey, I mean, he. Yeah, it's like a freaking circus player. Like, he just is a blue man group all by himself. He's just making these amazing catches. Yeah. You know, he's lighting it up, which is good for him. You know, like uh, everybody, everybody loves pulling for the underdog, right? And I would say he's probably in that mix as far as making the roster uh, an active participant week to week. And, uh, you know, it's weird. You don't, you don't know what to read into it sometimes. I think I remember like last year's playoff loss, he had more targets than any other wide receiver. Now there was no Stefan Diggs at that point, but granted, yep. that's still pretty impressive. You know, for a guy who may be on the roster bubble, so to speak. Um, but, you know, we'll get into the roster later on. But, yeah, yeah. he's impressive. Like All their wide receivers are impressive. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, again, we'll, we'll get into, uh, the, like you said, the roster and things like that. But I can't see, uh, I can't see why he won't make it, I'm thinking. You know, I mean, yeah, he's Yeah, I don't want to make that good. call. Yeah. I don't want to be that guy. Man. I don't want to be Brandon Bean and, and Sean McDermott who have to look at these guys knowing they're going to probably cut guys that are going to start somewhere in the NFL. Yeah. You know? Yep. And what's the one thing I keep chirping here lately about that rookie, Gabe Davis, huh? <laughs> yeah. And again, coming from the guy who told me the Bills were going to draft Devin Singletary and it'd be a phenomenal move. I never question anything you say. Right. <laughs> you know I mean? Like, I, I'm not, I'm willing to admit. You nailed it with Devin Singletary. He impressed. He impressed last year. And Gabe Davis so far 
granted practice preseason whatever he has looked fantastic yeah he's looking the part i mean he had that big uh, 64 yard touchdown catch uh, in practice he had multiple catches on sunday that that big catch he had over uh tredavious white yeah that bomb again he's if looking you can beat trey white that's that's doing something yeah 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 and it's not like he screwed up. I mean, that was they were no. on top of each other perfectly. Yeah, that well yeah. executed on both fronts. Yeah, that was perfect coverage. I mean, it really was. It, it was just a, a phenomenal play and and a nice throw. Yeah, and uh, defensively, Dean Marlowe had an interception when Barkley was practicing on Sunday. Uh, again, the defense continues to show big pressure from the D line. What what's your thoughts so far on what you've seen from the defense? Well, again, you know, you look at AJ Apanasa. Uh, you've seen the replay of him just blowing up Brian Winters on that one play, like literally knocking him over. You know, that the the power that he shows is just ridiculous. You know, and then you toss in guys like Mario Addison and, you know, Butler and all these other guys. Like, it's it's looking pretty scary. Yeah. I mean, really scary. Yeah, these guys are looking looking really, really good. Um, injury report-wise, too, um, what about those false positive tests for Allen, Harrison Phillips, Quinn Jefferson, and Vernon Butler, man, huh? I mean, what a pain in the neck. And Allen said you can't get that time back. Like, that's a whole in, – in a time when you've only got a couple of handfuls of practices, to lose an entire practice is just devastating. The glass yeah. half full to that is that he also said that he's glad it happened now. This could have happened yes. during the season, and, you know – it would have been a lot worse. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. If it's at least gonna he's happen, gonna, at least everyone's gonna get to play. We hope. Right. Right. Yeah. I agree hundred percent. You know, with the injuries, we'll see what happens with Josh Norman. Hopefully it's not a long term thing. because uh, I think he has a real chance uh, to start, you know. But yeah. but yeah, injuries are gonna happen. Um the team is built to deal with that. The depth up and down. Like, I mean, it's incredible. We talked about this before, like going back to the Super Bowl era, really, when the Bills had the kind of depth that could sustain a loss. Yeah. Um, like they can right now. It's It's been a long time. Yeah, the depth is definitely something that we've been working on building for the last two, three years, and it's finally starting to show. Sure. You know, you know when, you, when you got a position battle that pretty much accentuates – the whole position battles in camp is are your kickers. You got you have a good a good roster, right? Yeah, you know? absolutely. And uh, granted, you know, like on a lot of teams, you have position battles to just confirm what you already know. In this in this team, you have real competition, yeah. like real competition. Guys that are are going to help these coaches and uh, GM and stuff decide on who starts and who sets. Like it's real competition, and they love it. And yeah. it seems like the players thrive on it, yeah. you know, so it works all the way around. Yeah. Now, we had uh, Bass and Anhauschka going back and forth the last, you know, they had today, they had Sunday. Um, they're, they've been going back and forth. Hauschka made the one day he kicked, I think that was Sunday, right? Yes. And uh, he made all, all of his attempts. And yep. then Bass today, uh, he hit everything today. So, I mean... Right. Who, who you th who you like? Who you think? Again, man, you know it comes down to that whole competition thing. Um, we talked a little bit about um, the fact that, and I don't remember who said it. If it was one of the Bills or one of the reporters, we're talking about the fact that with the truncated season, 
with lack of preseason games, the lack of being able to evaluate talent, it may come down where the veterans will have an edge. They'll they'll maybe they've been in the system, uh, they know they know the game. Um, they may have a significant advantage, but we don't get to make that call. You know, the coaches are going to look at that and they're going to go, um, this is the guy we have the most confidence in a week-to-week basis to win us football games. Yeah. Like, right, that's the bottom line. It's not about this guy is just a nicer person than the other guy. It's like, who's going to win us football games? It's a business. And it's a business that, unfortunately, is built around winning. Yeah. It's a sucky business when you lose it. It's a great business when you're winning. So absolutely, it's still a business, and that's going to be a part of it. Yeah, and for me, I from what I've seen from Hauschka last year, I, I really just bummed me out how he missed so many kicks, and I was really excited when we signed him from Seattle. Thought he was going to be the guy. You know, just doesn't have the leg. Uh, I, I'm really leaning towards what Bass can do for us. You know, not only inside the 40 but what he can do outside the 50 right and he's been here for a few years now and he's he's done a fantastic job i mean year to year year to year he's just been very consistent he's won us football games um but yeah maybe maybe last year was a sign that he's not getting any younger maybe he's starting to tail off a little bit and maybe that young blood is exactly what you need i mean you got to be careful yeah young guys come in the league every year young guys are playing starting sometimes they flame out over a short period of time but uh tyler bass seems to have it going on yeah Uh, he really does who do you think has more to prove i think i don't think stephen house has anything to prove and i think if he isn't playing for the bills he will be starting in the league there's no doubt in my mind i mean last year was a kicking nightmare Mm -hmm. i mean if you look at like tennessee last year oh my god i mean the bills literally won the game basically because the other team couldn't kick a field goal. Yeah. I mean, it was horrific. Yeah. And they weren't alone. Yep. It was like throughout the league. So guys like Hauschka, they're they're getting they're gonna be playing for somebody for sure. Oh yeah. If it's not the Bills. He'll he'll have a job. He'll be fine. Um but that being said, you know, he may have an edge in this competition. Who knows? We don't again don't get to make that call. Um but being a veteran, being a reliable guy that you can count on, but especially inside like the 40 or 45, maybe that'll give him a leg up. No pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. Yeah. Yeah, right. It just worked. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, speaking of position battles, who so far, Jeff, what players do you give uh, your camp thumbs up to and your camp thumbs down to? Well, the thumbs down part is tough. I mean, it really is tough because other than injuries, you know, if I had to pick somebody on a thumbs down side, I'm I'm a little concerned for Robert Foster. You know, he's he struggled to stay healthy last year, struggled to get playing time last year. Obviously, showed up in 2018 strong, but last year eh, a lot of problems. And this year, he's already been obviously redshirted, uh, no contact. Eh, I got a feeling that he's definitely one of those guys that may not for lack of talent but maybe just from circumstance not be on the squad yeah and then uh, we already talked about Gabe Davis right like I mean he's just cemented himself as if not a starting wide receiver a guy who's going to be on the sidelines every week situationally minimally Uh, he's just that that strong yeah we've talked about like uh, Lee Smith you know a specialty type player who isn't strictly a blocker, but that's where he he gets his uh, his earns his money. 
sure. as a blocker. But if you look at last year, I think uh, if you look statistically, Dawson Knox, even Tommy Sweeney, uh, and Tyler Croft did a fine job blocking downfield. So, again, do you, do you keep a guy? Do you take a roster spot for a guy who, like I say, basically is a super locker room dude, fantastic person from what everybody says. Um, I think he's actually been even somewhat of a mentor even to Josh Allen, you know, because he's a veteran guy. He's been around. He's seen a lot. So, But at this point, is this squad still prepared to keep a guy like that? They, they cut bait with Frank Gore because they felt there was a drop-off there. Yeah. But that being said, uh, there is value there. So, again, we don't get to make that call. But I would say Lee Smith, Robert Foster are a couple of guys that may be on the outside looking at. Yeah, yeah. For me, my thumbs up, uh, I'm going to go with two guys I got to give credit to. Gabe Davis, again, one guy that's just sure. shown a lot in, in this camp. And I think we have a big upside with this guy moving into uh, to the 2020 season. Oh, sure. Uh, Stefan Diggs. I think he's showing what he, he truly is. He hasn't disappointed anybody yet. And uh he's he's already making noise and he's showing why he you know, he came in here, why we traded for the guy. Sure. Uh I got two two guys that I have thumbs down for. One may surprise you a little bit, but um Mackenzie, um where did where did he go? Uh I mean if you're looking at him to be a starting wide receiver, he hasn't really shown anything that I've seen in camp that really says, hey, he's going to make the roster. Right, right. Um, and Dawson Knox, I'm giving a thumbs down to you right now. I haven't seen anything from this kid. Right. Everybody's been talking him up and saying that he's going to have a, a bigger year, worked on his hands. Where has he been? I haven't heard yeah. anything from no, him. No, they're yet. not talking and about him. And I yeah. don't know if uh, if it's just they're not concentrating on him because dig kind of takes that that's that spotlight from him or what's, well, what's going it, on it, so it could be i mean it's really again hard to say you know what i mean ian mckenzie a jackknife kind of a guy like he's very situational but again do you put a roster spot into a guy that that may be able to uh, be absorbed by another player you know um potentially yeah maybe maybe gabe davis could take that role right and and more so, yeah. you know, and, and again, like you said, Dawson Knox, he's a roster lock. They're not gonna they're not gonna move on from him. But whether or not he sees more time or less time with guys like Tyler Croft, who last year injuries kind of put his his whole situation with the Bills on hold until well after the preseason. I think it we were in the regular season before he came back from his foot injury or whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> so who knows where that's gonna end up. You know what I mean? I just yep. don't know. But um, and he might be fine. He it might just be they're not talking about him, and he's doing fine. We don't get to see a whole lot. We don't get to see a preseason game or or a real direct competition in that game environment. We just get whatever comes news leaks out of the training camp through, you know, different media reports and yeah. stuff like that. But that being said, I certainly understand why you're thinking those guys are maybe taking a step backwards or a back seat to another player. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And that goes into, you know, our next point uh, that we want to get into would be the Bills roster predictions. You know, yeah. who we really want to, you know, we'll touch base for, for a few minutes here about who we like, you know, who we think is going to make the roster, maybe a guy that we didn't think would. I mean, there's some obvious ones for me, you know, starting at the quarterback position, Josh Allen, Matt Barkley. You know, right. Those guys are going to be our, our one and two. Um I got five running backs uh, on our oh, roster. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I got Singletary, Moss, T.G. Alden, Tywan Jones, and Pat DeMarco. I know. I think you 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 kind of disagreed with one one of those, right? Well, I was thinking that Reggie Gillum has had some pretty good uh, returns, uh, but again, I in a season where uh, familiarity and continuity might matter, yeah, uh, Demarco definitely has a leg up. There's no doubt. He he's been good. I mean, he's when we've called on him in a pullback role, he's done fine. Mm-hmm. So, do you shake things up with a new guy? in a year when you just don't have a lot of time to make evaluations. Right. Right. And if you're looking at receiver, you know, I'm, we know the discussion we've had, you know, off of a podcast just personally here, but I got seven wide receivers that I really want to see go through and that I think will go through. You got your obvious Diggs, John Brown, Cole Beasley, Gabe Davis, Andre Roberts, uh, Duke Williams, and the surprise for me that I think is going to make it is going to be Hodgins. Right. Just from what Hodgins can bring to the table more than McKenzie can, size. Uh, you know, he's he's younger. He's I think he's got just the more prototypical receiver built in him than right. what McKenzie would bring to the table that would fit what kind of offense I think we're moving towards. Um, I don't think with McKenzie being in the lineup, he's going to really bring – Maybe he, like you said, he's got the leg up being being on the team, being a vet. But when it comes down to a possession receiver, we haven't had big possession receivers. I mean, how long were we looking oh, to draft those type of guys? Time. Yeah. So, so Hodgins for me is going to be that uh, seventh receiver that I think is going to make that roster. And the one you said is kind of a surprise, like like a lot of people probably aren't an, are not anticipating him making the roster straight up like maybe as a protected practice squad guy or whatever. And that's kind of where I put him, but I'm certainly open to the idea. I mean, he has impressed. He is a good-looking athlete, Yeah, you know. And, um, again, I think Ian McKenzie may have a situational advantage just to the fact he played in the system now, right. you know, for a couple of years or whatever. Um, but that would be the only change I would have in the wide receiver room. Jet sweeps and some of the other things that the Bills run they may favor McKenzie over that. I like the idea of Hodgins being in there because it gives them a great mix, right? Absolutely. You got Beasley, Brown, and Diggs that are eh, not small, but smaller, six foot or less, yeah. and, and that are really fast, really quick, really fast. And then you've got Williams, uh, Hodgins, and, and Gabe Davis that are all large, still fast, but they're big targets. Yeah. They can go up and get a football. You yeah. know, maybe. It'll help Josh's uh, accuracy if he's got a little bigger window to throw to. Yeah. You know? And so. that's that's what gives me a chub, so to speak. <laughs> Is, can you imagine a five-wide receiver set with Diggs, Brown, Cole Beasley, Gabe Davis, Hodgins, and Duke Williams out there? Yeah. Come on. I mean, yeah, you're just talking tough. about big, fast guys. That's a nightmare matchup. Yeah. Big yeah, time. That, that's a tough one. Yeah. yeah so There's no doubt. Yep. Especially if these guys have picked up the playbook the way they're talking about it. Oh, yeah. They're talking about how intelligent these guys are. You mentioned John Brown has been going to rookies, asking them about advice on picking up the calls and stuff like that. So, yeah. That's a good sign. Yeah. Yeah, That's a really good sign. Yeah. Now, uh, tight end, um, I don't know what you got for tight end. I I got four four guys that I made the roster because of what Dable likes to utilize his tight ends. I know right. he's, he's a big uh, tight end guy that he wants to get 
different formations in there, kind of set some some mismatches with tight ends, and we got we got some you know athletic guys in Dawson sure. Knox, Tyler Croft. I wasn't I was on the fence of Lee Smith, right? Right. But I I feel like they're gonna they're gonna put him on the roster again this year, uh, just just for you know, being in the league, you know, the leadership he has behind him and uh, his you know his blocking ability, and yeah. and then Sweeney. I think Sweeney's gonna gonna be in there. So there's yeah. there's my four. I don't know. Yeah, what you I, had, so. I have very similar. My my thought would be um, potentially depending on if Tommy Sweeney, if he ends up on the pup, I think Lee Lee Smith is definitely in the mix, um, at least to start the season. Yeah, I just don't know after that. I, I mean, I really don't know if Tommy Sweeney's healthy and and they decide they're gonna roll with three guys. Like I say. I think they've proved that they can do the downfield blocking. I don't know if there's enough significant difference between Lee Smith, your best blocker, and maybe Tommy Sweeney, your your fourth block. Sure. Yeah, I don't know. You know, again, they get to make that call. Thankfully, not me. But, but yeah, that's the only part I don't really have a good handle on. And they may roll with four. I just think probably they're going to go with three. And depending on where Tommy Sweeney is. Uh, in a week or less, you know, I mean, like he has to get yeah. back to practice or or they might just put him on the PUP and let him ride out the first few games and yeah, until he gets a chance to come back. Yeah, know? no, absolutely. So offensive line, um, I we got some guys that are a tough call. You know, uh, we have some guys that we were talking about that could be on the roster, could not be on the roster. Uh, I think for the most part, the starting line is pretty set. Now, um, we can have Cody Ford. We can have him bounce back and forth. Who knows if he's going to play guard, tackle. I personally think to start off that he's going to play guard. Right. And Tainaseki is going to be your tackle. Um, but, I mean, what do you think? Uh, do, you, do you think that combination could be could be different to start off? or No, I, and I think uh, because of the love of versatility and depth as far as rotations, I can see the Bills doing that, absolutely. Yeah, Cody Ford seems to be comfortable wherever he is on the right side of the line. Guard, tackle, whatever, it seems like he's okay. Uh, I did hear some people talking about the fact that last year it seemed like towards the end, Cody Ford definitely was a better tackle than he was the first half of the season. But that being said, like I said, these guys love versatility. They like guys that can play up and down the line. And I think most of these guys, it's going to be about depth. And in a year that we're dealing with COVID, they put a lot of stock in the line. Offensive and defense, that's that's a huge part of their plan. So, absolutely. yeah, I can see them absolutely. Uh, if Ty Anseki gets hurt, uh, Cody Ford's a tackle. If Ty Anseki's healthy, playing every game, taking most of the snaps, Cody Ford's a great tackle. Or a guard. You know what I mean? Like I, I think they have that flexibility. Um, it depends on how quick Brian Winters can pick things up. You know, I think they kind of brought him on as a direct replacement, uh, replacement for or replacement for um, Feliciano. Yeah, but that's not cast in stone either. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So we'll yeah, see. That could be up in the air. You know, I, I I was having a hard time going back and forth with uh, at first winners even making the team, but I yeah. feel that they brought him in for a reason. I think with being the replacement right guard, I guess he probably shows the most upside. He's got a lot of starts on him. Uh, he did not necessarily had a really good situation with the Jets. I mean, he had right. a really crap line around him. Really um, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, with with a good offensive line, you know, the one thing I've always seen is 
you can bring a not so strong guy in sure. and make him stronger just based on what you got around you too. So, yep. you know, I think, I think, um, I think he'll, he'll make the roster. I had Ryan Bates uh, possibly, but I think that one, I think that might, he might not uh, make the roster if, if winners is going to be there. So, right. And I think that's where the difference lies between you and I is um, if they have that fourth tight end, that, that might be the death knell for, yeah. For Ryan Bates, I've got them making the roster based on the fact they're going to keep three. So who's, yeah. who knows? We'll yeah. see. Now, defensive line, uh, it's a that, it's a tough one because we have so much talent on defensive line this year. It's it's ridiculous. But I threw in nine defensive linemen. Uh, so Epinesa is is obvious. Jerry Hughes obvious. Addison, uh, Vernon Butler, Harrison Phillips. I got Ed Oliver, Quinn Jefferson. Uh, Vincent Taylor and um, Johnson. Yeah, Daryl Johnson. Daryl Johnson. Yeah. So, and I I, I like Daryl Johnson to make the roster as well because number one, special teams. They said a lot of good things about him just just on special teams alone last year that the kid can run for a big guy. He can yeah. move and he has a lot of intangibles and he's very lanky. He's even lanky. when they've yeah. let him rush rush the passer. He's uh, he's. Forced to be reckoned with, he's very lanky. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, do you have anybody? Do you have anybody different? I mean, I, it looks like we both left off Trent Murphy, right? <laughs> we did. Yeah, we did. There's significant savings there, and although he came on uh, late last year, um, again, we don't get the glowing reports about the defensive line in training camp the way we ordinarily we get to see guys during preseason games and stuff like that. So it's really hard to know what the coaches are seeing out of their defensive linemen. Yep. Uh, for example, if uh, if uh, Epinesa is not showing real progress, like you don't want to, you don't want to be left uh, wanting when it comes to your defensive line, you want oh, yeah. depth, yep. even if it costs money, like these guys are kind of going for it, right? Like they're looking to make a real statement this year. So a guy like Trent Murphy might be invaluable to them, where to a certain extent I think he's overvalued. Yeah, I agree. Do you think there's going to be any big shakeups? Anything that could surprise somebody as far as someone who gets left out? Um, what What would you think would be a an unexpected blow? Well, a lot of times there is. You know what I mean? Like last year, some people would say well, Sean McCoy was kind of a surprise. You know what I mean? Like every year it seems like there's a guy that everybody thinks is a roster lock that for whatever reason, yeah, he doesn't make the team. So Could that be Jerry Hughes maybe? You know, it's possible. I just, again, even though the stats don't add up, if you look at just raw stats, sacks, stuff like that, again, from what I'm seeing, he's a constant pressure kind of a guy. You know, I mean, and, and I don't know if they think they can replace that or not. Mario Addison, I, I think Mario Addison and Jerry Hughes, would make a scary combination. They might look at it differently, you know? Sure. So, yeah, it's possible. I mean, it, it is absolutely possible. Yeah. Defensive line looks like we pretty much have everybody that makes most sense. Trent Murphy, for both of us, seems the odd man out again. Yeah. You got anybody different uh, for linebacker? I think we seem pretty similar. What are you looking at for linebacker? Well, again, uh, we talked uh, a little bit about it earlier. Um I think, obviously, you're locked into Matt Milano and Tremaine Edmonds. That's not going to change mm-hmm. uh, without an injury or something like that. Um, 
then you start looking at some of the other guys, uh, A.J. Klein, Moshan Joseph, guys like that. Um, like I mentioned earlier, I think personally that maybe one surprise, in my opinion, might be Moshan Joseph as a starter. Yeah, lining like up next to these guys. I like that know? a lot. And and Vosan Joseph, like we were talking about before, I mean, the kid can hit. He can move. Uh, he's got a lot of athleticism behind him. You know, he can do a lot on the field. And that may push uh, A.J. Klein out uh, at some point. I mean, I think. Or to a depth spot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, Klein, I think uh, just based on his knowledge of being in the system already in that defense, and his starts under his belt. I think he'll probably start off the season. Uh, but like you said, I think Joseph will be you know, a rotational guy to get in there, and I think right. what he can do on the field will yeah. really start to show the coaches, like, hey, we got to get these kids more you know, more Yeah, reps. we talked about that, maybe a 50-50 split, yeah. some, sometime not too uh, deep into the season. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cornerback, uh, I think for the most part, it's pretty obvious, you know, with cornerback and safety, who, yeah. who we got. I mean, Levi, Josh Norman, you got Dane Jackson, I would, I'd assume, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Trey White, Taron Johnson, uh, Sierra Neal. You got Jordan mm-hmm. Boyer, Micah Hyde, and Jaquan Johnson. Right. A couple guys right there: Jaquan Johnson from University of Miami and Sierra Neal. Two guys that are being talked about a lot. Yep. Especially yep. Sierra Neal. I can't remember if. Buffalo Bill was talking about him. Uh, I think it was an ex-Bill, maybe Tasker. I'm not sure. Right. But uh, somebody was saying that Sierra, Sierra Neal, watch out for the kid, that he's gonna he's a future star in the league. Well, he's been there like, uh, they've been like their slot nickelback for a year or so yep. now. Backup and, safety. Uh, yeah, he's done well. Yeah. I mean, he's, the, they always say this, like, if you don't hear a guy's name a lot, that probably means they're doing a pretty good job. Yeah. And you don't hear him talked about a ton. Yeah. So, but he's still there, you know? Yep, he's there. And um, so kicker, you know, uh, uh, punter, I don't know. I mean, looks like it's going to be Bajorquez. Kicker, you know, I still, I I put down Tyler Bass. I I think he's going to edge him out. Um, Yeah. Any thoughts on that one? No, I mean, ultimately, I I think you might be right. Yeah. Uh, You know. That's what I'd like to see. Right, I don't know. I, I think so too. Uh, it's a youth movement. Kicking. The yeah. entire team is a youth movement. If you can bring in a guy and he performs, honestly, kicker to me, there are some really, really great ones, but there's a whole bunch that are better than average. Yeah. So if you can get somebody like again, they took a chance on Tyler, uh, Tyler Josh Allen, based on his raw athleticism. Yeah. Tyler Bass might be a similar circumstance. Absolutely. Maybe he won't be perfect out of the gate. Yeah. But he is a guy that maybe they think can develop into a consistently uh, reliable kicker, and that's what you're looking for, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, it looks like we covered pretty much the whole the whole yeah. roster, and I think uh, for the most part that makes a lot of sense. Uh, what we went over, it's it's pretty cut and dry. I mean, a lot of it is. Yeah, uh, it, it really makes a lot of sense. Uh, there's a few players that are iffy here and there, but. For the most part, you know, that, that covers the roster. Well, we talked about them being one of the most, uh, the best teams when it comes to continuity, yeah. coaches and players. So when you have that kind of continuity, it kind of lays out a pretty basic schematic on who's in, who's out, right out of the get-go. Like the guys who are on the outside are are competing to try to break through a, a pretty 
tough bubble, like uh, of core players and stuff like that. So you know they've got their work cut out for them, and you hope you find that guy. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the Bills for the most part, their starting offense and defense is is pretty dialed in. Absolutely. Now we're going to move on to uh, some fantasy football. We're going to talk about uh, who has our top ten players heading to twenty twenty. We're also going to get into who our breakout players are going to be, which players do we want to avoid. Uh, but speaking of that, we actually have our own Facebook page now, everybody. So yeah. uh, you, you want to go on and check us out. We post a lot of different stuff on there from you know, our podcasts to our thoughts on what's going on with the league. Uh, you can find us at ETD Buffalo. Uh, just put us in the search bar. Also type in Ending the Drought, a Bills fan podcast. And, um, yeah, we're going to just talk about a little bit about uh, one of our affiliates, uh, PFF, and um, just kind of get you up to speed on what we're doing with them. Yeah, so some of the stats we've been providing in our podcast in the past couple episodes have been from PFF.com. They seem to be creeping in more and more to our thoughts, and we've uh, subscribed to their service. And basically, uh, Pro Football Focus is a subscription service designed for pro fantasy managers who want to get an edge over their opponents. Uh, Their team of experts spend roughly 20,000 hours per season watching and analyzing every single game, every player, every play. Um, And by doing that, they overcome some of the limitations of traditional statistics tracking. For example, a quarterback makes an amazing throw, some guy drops it, PFF still values the efforts of the players versus just the results of the play when they're making their player grades. This allows you to learn the true fantasy value of each player and identify breakout candidates before anyone else in your fantasy league will. Um, They also track snap counts. This helps you determine whether a specific player's role is growing or diminishing with the team. Um, So what does it cost you? They have two subscription levels. The first is PFF Edge. That gives you everything you're going to need to succeed in the fantasy world for $9.99 a month or $39.99 a year. If you want even more control over your stats, you can upgrade to the Elite Package, and you can input your league rules and then output that data to Excel and control the data how you want it. And also, I didn't mention this, but they do this for college football as well. So regardless of what kind of fan you are or what kind of league you're in, you can get the information you need to win on pff.com. You can also go to facebook.com forward slash etdbuffalo to find a coupon code for 20% off. That's facebook.com forward slash etdbuffalo. Yeah, that's a smoking deal. Like I I recommend, I use it, as you guys know, we've all kind of spent time there. And um, I recommend it to anybody who's into fantasy sports. You know, I, I think it's worth a try. It doesn't cost much to give it a whirl. I, I would roll with it. Just see what happens, you know. I like it. Yeah. 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 And we'll have the link posted on our Facebook um, right after this episode. So be on there. You can go right on there and, and find it, like Jason said, right on uh, ETD Buffalo on our Facebook page. Check it out. Give it a whirl. All right. So um, we'll actually get into fantasy now jeff that's uh something that i know you're very excited about because you're one of the fantasy gurus around here <laughs> yeah well we'll see <laughs> like you can, you can think that year to year you know right I, I always say the same thing it's it's like in real life it's great to be knowledgeable but that's not the whole ball game right like absolutely you got to get lucky you avoid injuries there's a lot that goes into it but how'd you do last year again okay i did pretty <laughs> well last year he, he he won in his own league 
He did. Wow. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's the commissioner and everything. Yeah. <laughs> what a garbage person. <laughs> I know. I, I, the rig is in. Like, it was a fix. I, I'm willing well, to admit that. The year before that, didn't you come in last? <laughs> I did. So I, I mean, was dead last and went to first in one year. Yeah, so, it took him a year to get it dialed in. <laughs> I think that has that's that whole luck factor I was talking about. Like, yeah, that yeah, takes some luck. But yeah, I enjoy it. I've enjoyed it for, man, I mean, we were talking about the other day, like maybe 20 or 25 years, I've been doing it in some way, shape, or form. And uh, it's a lot of fun. It, it makes the football season uh, more exciting. You know, well, you have time. an investment. It's kind of like the stock market doesn't mean much to anybody unless they're they're involved in it. Same thing with fantasy football. You get involved with it. If you're a sports fan, especially football, I think you're going to love it. Absolutely. Know? So that being said. Yeah. What's your thoughts? Where are you at? Who do you like? Who do you don't like? Well, my top 10, and it probably shouldn't surprise a lot of people, maybe the order it's going to be in, but I would assume that most of these guys are going to be on pretty much everybody's top 10 list. Number one for me is going to be Christian McCaffrey. I think that's an obvious one. Yeah. You know, the guy is ridiculous. Yeah. He, he's just a, a stat muncher, man. I mean. I remember, like, reading a stat about, like, he had 20 more targets than the next closest running back like yeah like 120 something to 108 or something like you know like it just ridiculous crazy. gaps crazy you know yeah uh i got uh, michael thomas number two for on my yeah. list how do you not like that guy? i mean the guy catches everything to throw into him um, number three deandre hopkins even though he's gonna be on a different team the guy is a monster he's uh another big stack Kyler guy murray did pretty well last year so yeah yeah i think uh he's gonna He's going to do very well no matter where he goes, uh, as long as he's got a solid quarterback. Uh, four, I got Saquon Barkley. Yeah, that's another safe bet. Yeah. Um, again, he's just another guy that's going to perform. You know, it's just going to happen. Right. Julio Jones, number five for me. Again, my opinion, I love Michael Thomas and DeAndre Hopkins. Um, he's probably the most overall dangerous receiver in the league, I think. Just everything he can do. Uh, I got number six, Devontae Adams. I think he's going to have a – Aaron Rodgers is probably not very happy with the year he had. I'm, I'm Not right. that he had a bad year, but right. he could have had a way better year. Oh, yeah. And I think he's going to have a rebound year, and Devontae Adams is going to be a big part of that. Uh, number seven is going to be Z- Zeke Elliott I have. I'm not a big fan of the guy. I just yeah, – Yeah, a not, lot of people aren't. Uh, I don't like the Cowboys, but uh, <laughs> a lot of people don't. Yeah, yeah, go figure. But seven, I mean, he's he's a, he's a stack guy. He he gets a lot of touches. Um, right. I got Travis Kelsey at number eight. Now, I I haven't seen him in a lot of top tens, but he's he's a big part of that offense. Really is, really is. You know. Yeah. I mean, he's gonna get a lot of touches, and he's dangerous, man. Especially in the red zone. Oh, I agree. You know, I mean, if you're you gotta. You you want to get points in fantasy? He's he's a guy that's going to get you points. Well, you've got a tight end that plays like a wide receiver and in yeah. a lot of leagues, especially PPR. Um, that matters. That matters a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, I got Elvin Kamara at number nine, and then uh, Derek Henry at number ten. Okay, so that's yeah. that's my top ten. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree ninety nine percent of that. Now, depending on the league you're in. Quarterback play might come into power. You know, like you can't can't ignore guys like Lamar Jackson, sure, Pat Mahomes. Um, I'm in one league that's a two quarterback league. Obviously, those guys are gonna ball out. Yeah, it's designed to do that. Yes. So depending on your league, I mean, my top ten literally is almost your top ten. Yeah. yeah. I mean, 
in most regular Yahoo or um, whatever league you might be in. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about other places. ESPN has a league. Yeah. You know, everybody's got a league these days, but it depends on how you score points, which again, I'll point out anybody interested in fantasy sports, it's kind of important to know how your league scores players. Exactly. Some of them are running back heavy. Some of them are wide receiver heavy. Some of them are uh, quarterback heavy, you know, so that's important before your draft. Check out your league. Make sure the point system is not geared towards one position or another. Yeah. That it's well balanced, you know, well balanced. Then you're talking individual play. Yeah. You know, but yeah, my top 10 minus those few players is going to be really, really close to yours. You know, I think I think a key would be what we also talked about and what we will talk about is guys that might be overvalued or undervalued. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I think that's where you can find real value in later rounds. It's funny because to a certain extent, I think the Buffalo Bills have a similar philosophy. We've talked about Zach Moss, A.J. Epinesa, two guys that were ranked fairly high. They have a poor combine. And all of a sudden, A.J. Epinesa drops out of the first round. Right. You know what I mean? Like, but Buffalo Bills see rock-solid gold there. Other teams go, eh, maybe not so much. So, mm -hmm. you know, the Bills love raw talent and athleticism. They're willing to mold guys to, to make them football players. But they they like that. So, again, as a, as a fantasy player, that's something you should keep in mind. Guys that maybe were injured or guys that had a one down year out of their last five, you know, yeah. that might be looking at some sort of a comeback. I, that That's one thing I always look at. Yeah. Opportunity's huge. You know, who's got the best opportunity? Uh, maybe little competition at their position or whatever, you know. Sure. Different things to consider, you know. Oh, absolutely. Who do you got for uh, your sleepers? Do you got any any particular guys that you're thinking is going to make, make some noise that you might not? Know? Well, it's really funny. And, and kind of doing a little bit of research into this, it, I've seen players that are being promoted as those guys that could have comeback years that could outperform their, their draft position. I've seen the same guys that were um, graded poorly like mm. they could do worse than their draft position the same guys so it is somewhat subjective but yeah i have a couple of guys uh one that i'm looking at that i think could do quite well is uh austin eckler uh for the chargers yeah. you know no philip rivers possibly tyrod taylor starting no melvin gordon to compete with he actually performed extremely well last year um when melvin gordon sat out he, he was really a, a very, very good player. Um, he's being drafted now, I think, as like the running back 16. Uh, we talked about yeah. uh, McCaffrey and his targets. Austin Eckler was second in the league for running backs with 108 targets. So in a PPR league, that could be huge. Yeah, that could be big. And he's not competing with Melvin Gordon this year. You yeah. know, he's got a couple of guys behind him, but they're behind him. You know, sure. one's a change of pace guy and another guy who might compete for carries. But you got Tyrod Taylor and possibly Herbert, like Justin Herbert. Like, they're probably not going to be a top five passing team. They're going to be running the ball a bunch. Oh, yeah. And and that's the guy you want. He's going to be able to catch the ball in the backfield. He's going to run the ball a bunch. Maybe they'll run him into the ground for all I know. But, 
you know, that's the kind of guy you're looking for. Oh, absolutely. I got um, a guy that I actually really wanted to draft. Not saying that Zach Moss wasn't a great pick, but one of my sleepers that I really liked uh, coming into this draft was uh, running back Jonathan Taylor from the Colts. Yeah. The kid is going to he's, – he's a, he's a beast. The kid in college, uh, when he played for Wisconsin, he rushed for 2,000 yards in three seasons. Yeah. Yeah. You know, three, three. I should say, two thousand yards, three seasons straight. Right, right. In, in a in a league that you know the Big Ten, which is arguably the most sound pro ready league, sure. in my opinion, that that we have in college football. Not only that, but he caught twenty six passes for two hundred fifty two yards in twenty nineteen in college. Right. Uh, when you now he's gonna be sharing the backfield with Marlon Mack, but. Um, you know, this kid going to be inside a dome, you know? Yeah, and Marlon Mack wasn't, like, crazy, crazy impressive. Like, he right. was not a top three guy. So right. the competition, sure, it's there. It's yeah. real. But he's got a shot. No, yeah, I agree. Everything now, pointed to this kid, man. The funny thing is, like you said, it would have been, I was all for the Bills drafting a guy like that, even though they were talking about all the all the wear and tear of all the carries. And all the yards and all the impact and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, if you get a guy through his rookie contract four or five years, you know, yeah, when he starts to show that wear and tear, I mean, unfortunately, again, it's a business. So if he makes it through, you keep paying him. You know, you maybe at year five, you don't give him a 10 year contract. But yeah, but yeah, that wear and tear probably isn't going to show up for quite a while. Right. You know, age yeah. 30. 29 somewhere in there he might start to show some decline based on that yeah but yeah for the first handful of years who cares oh, i know these are young guys man they're strong they'll be fine absolutely who else you got who else, what else you got anybody else for a sleeper um another one is is less of a sleeper and more of a possibly an obvious choice like a couple of guys a couple of wide receivers i like uh the chances of obj making a bounce back he had a terrible year last year but i from what i understand he suffered with a sports hernia for most of the season uh cleveland just couldn't get it done they just couldn't get it off the ground last year but he's super talented and you can like yeah. he's going right now as like the 28th wide receiver off the board is he i mean come on the guy could potentially be a top five or six wide receiver Sure. If they can get their shit together. I yeah. mean, it's possible. That's the thing, yeah. And the other one is Juju Smith-Schuster. You know, if Ben Roethlisberger is healthy and he gets to play 16 games, um, I was looking in the two games uh, Big Ben got to start in, I think he had like 160-some yards in two games. You right. know, you extrapolate that over an entire season, you look at a 13-yard or 1,300-yard season for a wide receiver that's, you know, now they got, I think, what, Chase Claypool now or whatever. But again, yes, yes, sometimes rookie wide receivers, it takes a little while to get them going. Yeah. You know, it can. so. It can, for sure. They have some history. Roethlisberger and, uh, and Juju definitely have some history together. They've got some time together. So there's familiarity there. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I think Chase Claypool, like you said, I know you were high I, on the guy. Yeah, I really like liked him. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, they were comparing them to, like, Megatron. So, yeah. I know. The talent's there. Yeah. So, but I think maybe at least for this season, you can still get a lot of use out of a guy like Juju. Yeah. 
Uh, I had a wide receiver also for for a sleeper for me, and uh, DK Metcalf. Now, you know, there's a lot of different rankings out there for him. Right. Um, you know, he's he's kind of in the middle of the pack, uh, 25th, 26th wide receiver on the board. But man, what he did at the end of the season last yeah, year really impressive. He was looking scary, man. I mean, he had 58 receptions for 900 yards in 16 games. Yeah, with Seattle, that's you know he had a 15 yard you know, average a catch. Right. Uh, which is, which is pretty big for a yeah. wide receiver. Yeah. Um, now I know they have, t- uh, Tyler Lockett on, on the roster as well, but DK can be a nightmare matchup yep. on that yeah. field. And I think he's, he's a sleeper. I th- you can't pass on, if he's, if he's available, you can't well, yeah, pass on. You're him. probably like sixth or seventh round at that point. Like, right. Yeah, absolutely. Why would you, uh, again, I guess it depends on your perspective. A lot of go, oh, you know, Seattle, they're a big run team. Yeah, yeah. well, they still throw the ball. Somebody's got to catch it. And like you said, the history is there. He he really burned up last year. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I could see that for yeah. sure. Yeah. Now, who do you got for – you got a couple guys that uh, you think are going to be a bust this year, the guys that were successful at one point? Um, yeah, I don't know about bust. I just think, again, situationally or um, for whatever reason, they're, they're going to maybe – not do as well as last year. Like yeah. a lot of people have built them up pretty big. Again, we'll go back to Cleveland. Uh, Nick Chubb, you know, and my concern with Nick Chubb is the guy that I'm kind of, I'm fading on him a little bit is the fact that when he was starting um, the first eight games, mm-hmm. he was slaying it, man. He was like, uh, I think PPR point wise, he was almost at like 19 points a game. Was he? Right. And then Kareem Hunt comes in through a suspension, starts playing. His PPR points per game dropped to 13 for the following eight games. Kareem Hunt's starting with him right out of the gate this year. Right. So if you do the math, those 13 points per game over the course of an entire season is going to put you probably way closer to the middle of the pack than the front. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. At least at least down a few. So yeah. that, that worries me a little bit. Yeah. I had, I mean I had a couple of running backs that I thought were going to be in the in the bust category this year. One guy for me is Todd Gurley with the Falcons, man. <laughs> uh, he, I had him too. Yeah, he just he has too many knee issues. Um, he had only 857 yards last year with LA, his worst his worst uh end of his career. Yeah, and he's going from a pretty good offensive line to a much worse offensive line. Yeah. in in Atlanta, so. Um, I mean, he only averaged three point eight yards per per carry. That was nineteenth among running backs. Yeah, yeah. So that's not uh, that's well, not and, that's not a guy that you you, you know I'm going to put high on my board. Yeah, you know? and I think the Rams kind of told the whole story when they were willing to eat twenty million dollars in dead cap to move on from the guy. Yeah, right. Like who does that? I know. You know what I mean? In the Bills' worst season a couple of years ago, they dumped everybody for like forty million. Yeah, they got rid of one guy. Cost him twenty million, and he sat in free agency for a while. You know, Atlanta gave him a kind of a like a one year prove it deal at like five or five and a half million dollars or whatever it is. That's it. It wasn't like they were like beating the doors down trying to sign this guy. Yeah. So there's something there. You know, it's it's not just rumor anymore. Oh, absolutely. There's like you said that knee, that wonky knee. How do you count on that? That's you know tough. I mean? That's tough being a running back. Yeah, you know? Atlanta's Atlanta's planning on him staying healthy. I don't see it. Yeah. Another guy that I wasn't too high on for a bust category was um, Leonard Fournette for the Jags. Yeah. 
I mean, he only had three games last year over 100 yards. He only had three touchdowns, and the Jaguars were last in run percentage when they were inside the five-yard line. Right. So, I mean, that's where you get a lot of your points. You almost, you almost feel bad for the guy, right? Like, yeah. I mean, he's on a train wreck of a team, too. It's horrible. Yeah, they're and bad. Then they just signed, a, or they got another running back, too, right? Yes, I think they, yeah. I they can't did. remember his name off the top of my head. Yeah, but, me neither. But, you know, that's going to. Yeah, not a great situation. Yeah, it's going to take carries away from him. Um, and he's just he's just starting to fall off, you know. I I don't see a lot of uh, upside for right. drafting him, you know. I mean, obviously, if you need a running back, you need a running back. Right. But yeah, he's better than nothing. But yeah, not much. He's not a guy that I think you're really going to want. Well, a guy you're familiar him. with, T.J. Yeldon, right, comes from the Jags. Yeah. If you look at the last season he spent with the Jags, his stats and Leonard Fournette's were really very very similar. I think they both were around four and a half yards of carry. It wasn't like it was that much better than anybody else. You right. know what I mean? So, yeah, I can I can definitely see that. Right. Now, there's a couple um, couple guys that I had on my list that were going to be a breakout player for this year. Uh, did you have a couple guys that you thought were going to be, you know, a breakout type guy? Or what are, what are you looking at? Yeah, pretty much what we talked about. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think as far as like if we're talking about young guys uh, or something like that, rookies who could who could really do extremely well. It's not hard to look at guys like uh, Hilaire. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got a real opportunity there to just again tear it up. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's a good situation. Right. Um, beyond that, I don't know. I haven't really really put a lot of thought put into a lot that. Of look into it. Yeah. Well, I had uh, our boy Devin Singletary, and not to be biased because <laughs> he's—I love the kid, and he plays for the Bills. But I had him as uh, one of my breakout players. Now he's not high in a lot of boards because of what Josh Allen can do with his legs and Zach Moss and Zach Moss. But the kid uh, is, to me, going to be a star. I mean, he's got a great offensive line behind him. We know that he averaged five point one yards. Uh, a carry last year in 12 yeah, games. Second best in the league or whatever for running backs or yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he's just going to improve and going to be that much better this year. So I'm really looking for him to be to be a breakout player for you me. You know who the other guy was, right? Like Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, yeah. Yeah. Leading rusher in the NFL. Right. So, right. Yeah. That's pretty good company to keep. I, I definitely see that. Well, and after talking about Dawson Knox earlier, I had said to you within the last week, my breakout guy for the Buffalo Bills is Dawson Knox. Now, we haven't heard much in training camp. Again, it's training camp, practice, whatever. I still say that he, the raw athleticism that guy shows in some of those catches he made yeah. and the way he made those Cincinnati Bengals defenders look like garbage. Sure. Like he just rolled over them like a freaking freight train. Yeah. You know. He did. I have tremendous hope, you know. Right. No, I agree. I I'm really looking forward to seeing what what he can do for this year, man. I mean, I the sky's the limit for this kid. You know, he he did so much in college, and I know a lot of people are kind of on, you know, the wear and tear that he created in college with how many carries he got. But again, like you said, he's young, he's healthy. You know, give him the rock, man. Yep. You know, uh, I had I don't know if this might surprise you. I didn't even talk to you about this at <laughs> all, so you have no clue what I'm going to say here. But my my other breakout player is uh, quarterback Drew Locke from the right. Broncos. Right. Um, maybe you're maybe you're surprised. Maybe you're not. Maybe people listening could be surprised. But you got to think of what he has behind him. 
Right. Now he's got Melvin Gordon, which some people might argue eh, might not have a lot in the tank, but he could have a lot left in the tank. We don't know yet, right? He's always good at catching passes out of the backfield, too. Absolutely. You don't have to be 25 to do that anymore. Yeah. Know? Now he's got a tight end that I think can be almost a breakout player in himself as a tight end and no fan. Right. I think that kid can be a very big player. Him and remember TJ Hawkinson, and he was the one that looked good last year. So. Yeah, and I I would have I would have took Noah Fant in a heartbeat if 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 he was available to draft. Right. You know, um, I mean Drew Locke is where is he ranked? I think he's somewhere in the middle. Um, yeah, actually he's probably he's kind of down there, twenty second. They have him in a quarterback, but again as as a breakout player. I think he's got a lot of potential. Now, don't forget, he's also got Jerry Judy, which right. he's a rookie. I get it. But I think the kid uh, has huge potential. And you're just looking at a lot of a lot of different weapons he's got behind him. Now, Drew, he averaged, what, 204 um, a game in five games last year. Right. Which, you know, he didn't have some of these guys last year right. either. Right. So I think um, – I, th- I think they can have a pretty fairly a good air raid attack, and I th- I think you can see a lot of a lot of good stuff from Drew Locke this year. Well, and he's got a really good defense to play with. Um, I agree, hundred percent. Like if if you're going to look for a breakout guy, it can't be a guy who was second or third in the league, right? Yeah, he's not going to break out. You got to have somebody who's down there. Yeah, but the potential is there. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think uh, I I'd like to see Denver give the Chiefs some trouble, you know? I just, I would. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to see it. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love competition, even in interdivision competition, except for the East, of course, yeah. and AFC. But, but yeah, I, I, I love it when uh, you get divisions like, uh, yeah, you look at uh, Philadelphia and Dallas, you know, what great competition there is there. Yeah. You know, teams like that, you know, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, let, let's see what happens there. Yep. You know, and like I say, other than the AFC East, where of course we want the Bills to just smoke everybody in for sure and embarrass, them, yeah, basically. But oh yeah, but yeah, so I'm all for it, man. If Denver can put up a fight, yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, I like to see that. Yeah. Speaking of the AFC East, are we doing a good on on time, Jay? We got time to get into the AFC East here. Yeah, I think you got you know ten fifteen minutes or so. Cool. So the AFC East, Jeff. What do we like dislike about this division? What uh, what do you think? Who's going to make some noise? Who's going to who's going to fall on their face? I again, people will probably bash me because Bill Belichick is still there, the great coach, yep. and uh, yeah, and I think that matters. But I yep. also think even with Cam Newton, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of talk about how healthy he is, how everything is, but a we're talking continuity again, right? Yeah. Brand new team. There, I don't think there's a single guy there that he's played with before. It's got to be a totally different offense, right? Totally different offense. New preseason or no preseason. All practice. They won't. They won't see real competition from another team until the first game of the season, just like every other team. Yep. But again, that's where the Bills have a significant advantage. They've already played with these guys: Devin Singletary, Dawson Knox, John Brown, Cole Beasley, Josh Allen. They've lined up together before. Mitch Morse. Yeah. You know, and most of the offensive line. Um, so, yeah, Cam Newton doesn't get that. He doesn't have the advantage of being able to say that. So um, I looked at the schedule a little bit. We talked about it a little bit. Um, New England, in their first seven games, they got road games against the Chiefs, Seahawks, and Bills. 
right? That That's a pretty tall order for any team, especially a team who lost the, the greatest of all time at quarterback. Uh, beyond the fact, I mean, there's a laundry list of guys they lost. But just that being said, um, as you mentioned, uh, among those seven games beyond that are a couple of home games against the 49ers and Broncos. Yeah. Like you said, the Broncos probably aren't going to be a pushover this year. Right. You know, they were decent last year, and they'll probably be better this year. And obviously everybody knows the 49ers are good. So now you're looking at five of their first seven games are pretty stingy competition. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm thinking maybe maybe a couple, three wins at best coming out of that. Yeah, I really do. I, I think they're going to struggle. Yeah. You know, um, it's overall, the whole season, if if Miami and the Jets get better, you know, and, and give them any real competition, they could be looking at losing record, in my opinion. I think it could happen. Yeah. I'm not making any guarantees. Yeah. You know, I think possibly the best they could hope for is around eight and eight or nine and seven. Yeah. Now, I mean, if Cam Newton is healthy and he can play anywhere near the version of what he played in Carolina, we can see some trouble from the guy. Sure. Not not saying that I don't think that the Bills won't be able to handle the Patriots this year. Again, based on what they've lost, guys that opted out, guys that left. Um, I think we sweep the Patriots in the division this year. And maybe that's bold, maybe it's not, but right. I just don't see the Patriots giving us the fits that they that they used to. I mean, let's face it, Tom Brady was was the guy that we just could right. not beat. It just, you know, it just didn't happen. And right. for whatever reason, you know, it just was never never there for us. I mean, I was at the game where we beat them 31-0, though. Right. Now that, After they beat us 31-0 or whatever yeah. that year. I remember that, yeah. Yeah, that was the year yeah. Sam Adams picked up that fumble, ran it in. I was actually right in the end zone where okay. he ran it in. That's and I awesome. used to have seasons, you know, that was 2003, 2004. Right. So when I had the Bledsoe days, I had seasons right in 111. So I was right by the tunnel, but I was over in the corner. Oh, okay. And if you guys, anybody's ever seen Elvis on TV. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, and the, those those guys that wear the cook hats. Right. I was three rows up from them. <laughs> no so, kidding. you know, I was right behind Elvis, and I watched the whole thing happen, which was awesome. That is awesome. But, yeah, I mean, the Patriots, I think, just because they have Bill Belichick, are going to be are going to be a tougher team to beat than if they didn't have Bill Belichick. Right. And I think that um, – it's going to be tough to predict, you know, what they'll do to the Jets or the Dolphins. Right. I mean, that's that's tough. I mean, I don't know. I think, I think the Dolphins are going to struggle a lot. You know, oh, yeah. I I just don't think they they have the firepower yet. They got the rookie quarterback and Tua. Um, they have Fitzpatrick, which we all know who he is. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm hoping they were able to do to New England this year what they did to him last year. Right. They kind of embarrassed him at the end of the season, right? And it was yeah. like New England needed that win. Yeah. So it wasn't like, you know, they're arresting all their starters or something. Right. So, yeah, I'm hoping Miami will at least play New England tough. Yeah. Um, but, you know, not New England or uh, Miami doesn't have an easy schedule either. You know, I mean, like the Bills and, and the Patriots, they've got it tough, plus they got to play the Bills twice. Do they? Like, if you're the Bills, oh, yeah, you play then you got to play – you know, Miami twice, you go, eh, whatever. But, but yeah, they got to play the Bills, but they got the Pats, Broncos, 49ers on the road. Yeah. Um, you got the, us again in, in, at home and then the Seahawks at home. Uh, Potentially they got that London game against us, right? 
Um, I don't know what's going to happen there. Yeah, I don't know how that's going to go. Yeah, I think I think originally that was supposed to be the plan. Right. But but with COVID and everything, that yeah. might not yeah. even go. But in any case, it doesn't matter because it's still, no matter where they play, they're, they're going to have some pretty stiff competition. The Chargers, you know, I think the Chargers are going to be less of a team than they've been in the past. Um, I think primarily because of Tyrod Taylor may be a, Possibly Justin Herbert if he gets a start. Rookie quarterback struggle. Yeah. Um. I. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I Miami just think they got a tough sled. Yeah, they open up at New England, which they could they could easily lose that game. Sure. I mean, I if I were to guess, I would say that being in New England, I would say New England would would come up with a win on that one. Sure. Uh, but then, like you said, they they come uh, week two. They come to you know they play us. <laughs> yeah. You know, at, in Miami. Yeah. Right. Which, yeah, I don't what, care. What's with the 13,000 fan thing in Miami? I, I, don't, I don't get yeah. that. Makes no sense to me, especially in Florida. Like, whatever. I guess it's out of our control. I don't want to make, uh, you know, yeah. huge deal out of it, but it's dumb. I mean, it's just, it's, yeah. it is ridiculous. And most of know? the 13,000 fans are probably going to be Bills fans. <laughs> if they get their hands on the tickets, they will. Well, I mean, the Bills, the Bills backers. And Miami oh, are yeah. huge. My uncle oh, yeah. um, lives in South Florida. Uh, he used to live up here. Sure. And um, I, I never went down to visit him to to do a game with him at, in Miami Stadium, but my cousin and my uncle have. And every time they go to Miami, I think they've gone like two or three times. And uh, it's just loaded with Bills fans. Loaded. And and the thing is, the, the funny thing is, the inside information I got, from this because my uncle is down there is uh, the Bills backers. There's a lot of freaking season ticket holders in Miami, dude, for the Bills yeah. that for oh, that, yeah. that are Bills fans. Oh yeah. So so yeah, the th- exodus from New York to Florida is like well known. Oh, Snowbirds and all that shit. Like there's yeah. a ton of Bills fans down there. A ton of them. So yeah. uh, out of that thirteen thousand, I mean, who knows, man? It could be nine, ten, nine, ten thousand <laughs> Bills fans. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly. Yeah, that it, would be so demoralizing. Yeah, for the that, Dolphins, right, right. for real. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And like you said, I mean, I think I think the Dolphins are moving in the right direction. They're they're in the middle of a rebuild. Yeah, you know, I I think they're gonna they're gonna struggle this year, but next couple three years. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna be real competition. I just I don't think it's gonna happen this year for them. They'll be playing from behind a bunch. They'll be throwing the ball a bunch. Then you still got Fitzpatrick, who's probably gonna start. I'm thinking, um, Tua may not start right away. It might be half a season before he gets in. I mean, if they end up going. 0-4, 0-6, who knows? He might be in sooner than later, but but he's still a good quarterback, and he can still throw the ball. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe we run, but I yeah. I think that uh, I think the Dolphins will be competing for the first pick again this year. I just <laughs> I, 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 I think it's very possible. Yeah, I mean, like we talked about, they've had one winning season in the last eleven. So yeah, it's it's been pretty consistent. Yeah, poor play, and of course new. New England helps keep those numbers intact, but yeah, um, yeah, they they've certainly struggled. I think, like again, they're moving in the right direction. They got rid of some some top heavy stuff. They they got some nice draft picks. They they made some pretty good moves, but it's going to take a while to put all that together. Oh yeah, and I I, I read a lot of stuff too. Um, a lot of people had the New York Jets picking number one. I, well, I wouldn't say a lot, but I've read a couple, yeah, a couple, two, three articles about that. Yeah, I think consistently, I've seen Miami and the Jets down in the in the bottom fifth, fourth. You know, yeah. they're definitely twenty five beyond uh, 
than most of what I've seen. It's a tough situation uh, for Sam Darum there. I mean, he's got a completely new offensive line. That's hard for anybody. You know, and I don't know if the talent level is going to be that much better, if it if it even is that much better. It looks right. like it should be on paper. but Well, it's the same thing, though, right? Like, I mean, you're starting, not starting over technically, but now you've got, uh, what is that, Mackie Becton or whatever, the yeah. rookie, a, a real early first-round pick. Probably going to be a really, really good player, but you don't you don't walk into the NFL uh, and usually make a, a Pro Bowl. Right? Yeah. It takes time, especially offensive linemen. I think. Yeah. Um, they spent some money on the offensive line. I think it's definitely improved. Yep. But again, it, even the best offensive lines take a while to gel, and oh, that's absolutely. on a real gameplay. You know, practice is practice. It's it's not going to be the same thing. So yeah, they're gonna they're gonna struggle this season for sure. Yeah. I, I believe wide receivers eh, not crazy impressive. Le'Veon Bell supposedly is trimmed down. He's toned up. He's he's you know looking pretty beastly as far as running backs go. Right. But again, that kind of he goes the way the offensive line goes. So did you see that they signed Chris Hogan? I heard that. Yeah. I didn't even know if he was still in the league. I know. You know? Yeah. The, yeah. Only, the only time he played really, really well was in New England. But New England can make anybody good great. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. that's what they do. Now, the, they also have Joe Flacco. That's true. As uh, as their backup quarterback. So, I'm not, not that that really matters or anything. Well, but, no, at this point, like, right, you got to ride yeah. it out with Sam Darnold. If you don't figure out this year what you got with that guy. Like, you know, everybody's going, oh, Josh Allen, this is his year to, like, prove, up, you know, prove that he's a starting quarterback. Like, okay, why does Sam Darnold get a pass? Yeah. I know the team's a train wreck. Yeah. But look at the Bills when Josh Allen had to start as a rookie. Right. Tell me they weren't a train wreck. Right. Their starting wide receivers were Robert Foster and Zay Jones. Yeah. Like, that's that's the best wide receiver in core in football. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know. And even John Brown and Cole Beasley, excellent wide receivers, crazy improvement over what he had before that, but probably not a number one tandem in the NFL. Not those two guys all by themselves. You throw Stephon Diggs into the mix. Now you're talking about a real wide receiver room, a real, a real high-end top 10 wide receiver room. So yeah, this is John. This is uh, Josh Allen's year to to prove it, you know. But Sam Darnold has pretty much been given a pass. I personally think their coach is not a good coach. Yeah. You know, I think he's as much of the problem as just about anything else got going on. But they, like you said, they made some improvements. Let's see where it leads. Maybe he'll be fine. Maybe I'm too hard on. Him. I just I'm not a big Adam Gase fan. Yeah, no, just I, not. I'm with you. I'm with you there. Um, now, do you think that you know they got Frank Gore on the roster, right? You remember, yes. you remember that? Yeah. You think we'll see see much of him? I mean, I don't know how they'd utilize him because, like, Le'Veon Bell is a one, two, three down back. You know what I mean? Right. Frank Gore, it seems like at this point of his career, would be like a situational three down guy, maybe a short yardage. I don't know how they would use him. Right. But, yeah. And um, I uh, again, maybe with the revamped offensive line, if they can, if they can get, if you can get Frank Gore a a, a spot, an opening. Like he'll he'll get that one or two yards that you're going to need. I mean, he's still a good football player. Um, I heard he made some claim that if the Bills had used him more, he had a thousand yards last year. I yeah. don't I don't buy that. Right. You know, if you look at it statistically, 
second half of the season, he really struggled. Whether Devin Singletary was in playing a lot or not, I don't think it would have mattered. I think yeah. I think Frank Gore is actually starting to show his age finally. You know, so happens maybe yeah maybe it's a, a locker room move or whatever the guy's a workaholic and he's a, he's a smart guy and he is good for a locker room you know yeah but yeah i don't expect a whole bunch on the field i really well, don't watch him come in and just fucking smoke this <laughs> 1500 <laughs> yard rushing season yeah. or something yeah well, come and come and play us at home or something and, and all of a sudden he runs for like 175 on us <laughs> you waited until like the last minute of our podcast to drop your f-bomb for the episode yeah. you just had to get that fuck in awesome. there for the explicit rating <laughs> yeah i had to throw it in there i mean yeah. i didn't want to go without a zero on that that's right yeah you know that's got to be like a tradition right exactly just keep it going you, you got to do it you know um but yeah i mean i i, I don't know i the Looking at some of the guys in the Jets, you know, roster. I mean, they got that Denzel Mims, they got uh, Rashad Perryman, a couple guys that you know can can do something. Um, Jamison Crowder, but nothing that I would be overly concerned about, really. Um, yeah, there's oh, literally nothing in the AFC East that's absolutely scary. Yeah, to yeah, me anymore, nothing. other than the Buffalo Bills. Right. Yeah, I mean, they got some talent there, but I don't think you know when you're really putting it all together that it's something. I would worry about as as the Bills. I mean, you always got to – it's a division opponent. You always want to take it serious. But nothing nothing with this roster really says, like, oh, man, I, sh- I should be worried about these guys, you know? So No, and I and I, I honestly think the Buffalo Bills have put the NFL on notice that no more, no more gimme games, no more just don't even think about that date on your schedule. Yeah. Because – yeah, the NFL is going to sit up and take notice of the Buffalo Bills, and I think it's this year. Absolutely, I really do. Yeah, I agree. What do you think, Jay? Are we uh, we about yeah. at that time? Yeah, I think we're just progressively going to go a little bit longer every episode until we <laughs> figure out how to tone it back a little we're bit. Having too much fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, uh, that wraps up pretty much everything. So, uh, yeah. you know, thanks for listening, guys. Um, hopefully, we'll you know get better and better every week. We'll uh, we'll get some more affiliate programs going for now. You can really support us by heading to our Facebook and checking out that link we're going to post. Um, we really do genuinely believe that it makes a difference. Um, you just get some more out of it that you wouldn't find anywhere else. Yeah, man. Sounds good to me. And uh, don't forget, what, what's our saying, Jeff? The great Marv Levy says. Go for it. Where else would you rather be than right here, right now? Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. All right, guys. Good show All today. Right. Thanks, everybody, for Thanks, listening. Guys. And we'll uh, we'll see you next week. Right, have a good night, everybody. <laughs>